I want to, there was just a whole lot of things that I could, I would love to bear testimony to with Lowell's talk this morning. And I know that's not my responsibility here now. But I want to, to bear witness to one feature that he talked about. And it had to be that of being nothing for God to make something. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but that's what caused Stephen his life. We heard about that this morning. You see, in the church, in the early church, they had a cultural challenge. And they had Hebrew or Aramic-speaking Jews, and they had Greek-speaking Jews, and they were at, at, at dealing with some, some challenges among themselves. And the sixth chapter of Acts says that the Greek women, Grecian women, were not being taken care of. So that was what constituted the, the choosing of the seven, which Stephen was one of them. And the, the rulers of the synagogue and, and the, the chief priests and all that had some trouble with all that was going on there. And so when they took Stephen and they, they drew him out, you see Stephen was a Greek. He wasn't one of them, so to speak. All the seven that they chose were, were not Aramic-speaking people. They were Greek-speaking people. And so there was, there was beginning to be a challenge there in the early church. And Stephen... As he began to talk, I don't know if you've noticed it before, but his message or his defense before those people, he talked about Abraham. And he brought up the fact that Abraham was an idolater. He didn't say that, but he said he came from Mesopotamia and they knew what that meant. He wasn't, he didn't have the right background, so to speak. Once he got done talking about Abraham, he went to, uh, to Joseph. And he talked about how Joseph was sold down there to Egypt. And he really, he didn't have quite the back, right background either. And when he got done with Joseph, he talked about Moses. And he made a point that how Moses was actually sold into Pharaoh, or picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. And he really didn't have the right background either. And he just kept going on as he went through this and, and talked about these different people and, and even the fact that this Jesus that they had slew was the one that was involved back there and he called it the church in the wilderness. That Jesus was there. And, and this was not what they wanted to hear. And even the fact he talked about the tabernacle, uh, the place that they honored as in that, in back, as they look back in history, as this, this place where God dwells. And he said, you know, it was even made back there in, in the wilderness, way in the heathen land. And everything that Stephen brought up to them told them that you just really don't have to have all these credentials to be somebody to be used in the kingdom. And I believe it cost him his life. But he was defending the most basic point of a scripture. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but that's kind of the last point on our outline that we come to is surrender. Jesus, I will follow you in giving that up. So I just uh, so much appreciated the morning and and where we've been here this morning, and, and uh, we're going to have to get moving. Like I said, there's a lot that could be said about in testimony to what we've already heard. Today, our desire is to, to um, look at this First Thessalonians book for a little bit, and and think about an outline of what it's going to look like and, and building this outline for, for uh, understanding these truths. I, I so much appreciated 
Dale's prayer in our behalf. You know that, I don't know how you other brethren feel, but, but I always really like that. I feel more comfortable standing here after somebody prays for me than I do if I come up here and pray myself. Because there's just something about that that, that feels good. So thank you, Dale. But we did, in our outline, talk about some specifics that we want to pray about as we go into a study like that. So I think we're going to pray again and ask the Lord for those specifics. So let's bow our heads. Lord, we acknowledge you as the sovereign God. We acknowledge you, O Father, that your word is an expression of your heart. And we pray, Father, that you will reveal yourself to us as we look at thy word, that we will see you, Father, for who you are, and that we will get a fresh look, or we get insights of the person of Jesus. We realize today that our study of the word is not to be just gaining a lot of knowledge, not to be doing something that, that makes us look like we have something figured out, but we want, as we read later in this book, we want to study to be quiet. We want to study to have quietness of soul. Down deep. Now it doesn't mean we aren't willing to share it and be alive and be happy about the truths we have, Father. But we come to you and we want to see Jesus. And we want this to be a revelation of the truth of who you are and who he is. That we bring more worship to your most holy name. Father, we renounce the enemy as we take up the word. He, does every, he wants us not to, to see the truths that you have here. And even though today this is again going to be somewhat of an academic day, yet it's, it's all part of, of this truth that's so valuable to us, Father, and we want to rightly divide it so that tomorrow as we make application and as we go farther, that the, the depth of what you want us to see here comes out. So again, we just lay this before you, Thank you for this opportunity, and we commit this time to you again in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yesterday we passed out papers that had four outlines on them. And uh, as we go through an outline and develop an outline together, these four are somewhat just samples and I don't know if, if all of you have thought about them much. There's been a lot going on since we were together here yesterday. And uh, I'm just going to ask, first off, does anybody have any thoughts or, or anything you want to share about where your mind went as we looked at these, uh, as you looked at these outlines? Okay, thank you. And we have some of them, but we're going to be adding more to them, uh, these outlines, so thank you. And, and I noticed, too, that chapter outlines don't always put the dividing points quite at the right spot. And uh, chapter outlines have their place, but what we're wanting to do, uh, I'm also uh, more inclined to do a, a more detailed outline with you. So there's a suggestion. Is anybody opposed to that suggestion? All right. So that pretty well rules out the first two. So now we're down to the last two. And I really didn't notice it until uh, last night when I began to, to hone in on this farther that the three main points in both of those, or, or four, three, four, were almost exactly the same and, and almost exactly the same dividing place. So it isn't going to make that much difference which one of these we use. Does it, does, uh, uh, I'm uh, open to just using the third one. That's the first one there, and it's going to give us a little bit more room. I, I like the layout of it a little bit better. Is there anybody opposed to that? We just take this third outline and begin to work from it. See, no opposition. Yes. Can you explain why you are more inclined? Maybe you already did. But 
we're looking at various types of outlines, mm -hmm. you mind explaining that a little bit more? No, I'd be glad to. Um, when you look at an outline that's, that's already partially put together, um, you, you start looking at it in the sense of, of how does this connect with me in, in the way things are, are laid out. For me, the third one just connected a little bit better than the fourth one, uh, although I think they'll both completely end up in the same place. So uh, I can't really, uh, you know, if everybody would say they'd rather do the fourth one, we'll do the fourth one. I don't care myself that way. But uh, as I looked at them and, and all, why it seemed to me like the third one would, would be one that I would be more comfortable with. So that's the only basis I go on. Good question. They're almost identical, actually, and I didn't even really realize that. Yeah. Do you usually find already partially done outlines, or are you usually just start with your own? I do them both ways sometimes. I really like making my own. That's the, uh, the most enjoyable. Uh, this time I went and I found some outlines that were already there because I don't know hardly how you make it's difficult to make different outlines, you know what I mean? Uh, so I wanted some variety so that we could see that there is variety. And uh, so I went several different places to find them. Uh, one was a Unger's uh, Bible Handbook and one was a uh, uh, Bible Helps by uh, Harold Barton. He had a, a survey of Thessalonians one time years ago. I went and pulled that out and a, a couple other books I had to, to pull out these. But this one here seemed to make sense to me, and, and, and most of them I looked at really compared pretty close to this one, and it's where it's pretty well going to end up anyway. But we got a lot of detail and things to talk about as we go through this. And I really felt it would be better if we had something, a grid to start from, rather than just starting from scratch in the assembly like this. So thank you. Anybody else? So as we look at this third outline here, as the one we're going to work from, and we start down through the scriptures, we see that the, uh, the first heading, low, jump back up, clear it up to the top. Um, see that outline structure? This is kind of what we're going to do as a main topic heading and then subtopics supporting points, and then clarification if, we need, if, if it's needed. Um, our desire today is to not necessarily dive into everything that it's saying to us. We're trying to look at it within the context of, of who it's written to, the culture of where it's written. We got that background. We know when it was written between A.D. 50 and A.D. 54. Uh, we know where it's written from, either Athens or Corinth, which is down just a little farther as we showed. We've got a lot of that log in our, in our minds. Now we're wanting to, to look at this in a way that we just want to look at it from that perspective. And I, I hope we get through this today. So tomorrow we'll come back and we'll look through it again and we'll start saying, what's this saying to us? See what I mean? So we grasp that picture, and then we make application to us as we go from here. Is that okay? So, okay. Go back down there, Lowell. So we are going to be reading again, Pete, today. We're going to be reading through some of this. And uh, so I'd just like for them to do the reading We have a heading there, the first heading, which is uh, the salutation and greeting, which is only one verse. Now, Lowell's ready to go. He's got a, another uh, sub-point under that. But interesting enough, there's only one verse in that salutation and greeting because the next one down is, is uh, another heading. So in this salutation and greeting, let's go ahead and read that particular main point here, that main topic. Go ahead. Paul and Sylvanus, 
and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, there is the salutation and the greeting. And as this goes farther, we're going to see that it kind of moves off, and I'm just going to, to make this statement that we have already agreed on this outline. So we don't need to necessarily stop and be sure it's all right with everybody that we make a dividing line there. We have to make some consensus to move on. So we've already agreed we're going to use this outline. So really, uh, there's probably no subpoints that go underneath that one because it's only one verse and it's saying what it's saying and it is the, the salutation and the greeting. And uh, so now we're going to go on and we're going to read so, or the main topic number two. Now, interesting, this topic here is actually chapters one, two, and three. All three chapters are under this topic heading, which is uh, personal commendations and explanations. We're going to see some subtitles under here, and then there's going to, it's going to break down quite a bit more. So I think what we need to do is read uh, from 1-2 to 3-13. And let's just read about maybe five verses apiece, something like that, and, and we'll move across. We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with, with joy of the Holy Ghost. Actually, I think we're just going to read 1 through 10, where the first point is. That'll probably help us a little bit. So, we'll stop at the end of the first chapter. So, go ahead, David, read the rest of it if you want. So that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were and is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Okay. Here under this, this title of uh, personal commendations and explanations, the first point we have under here is thanksgiving for the Thessalonians. All these verses, 2 through 10, we have already decided is speaking something about Paul is giving thanks for these people. Now, as we look at those verses, is there any dividing line that we want, or do we just want to say he gave thanks for these people? Or as we look at the scripture that was just read, we give thanks, that's what he said, always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering so he talks, we're giving thanks, and then three says, we remember. We're remembering some things. Verse four says, knowing some things. So those are the kind of things we look for when we're looking for little dividing lines of maybe a little, it might all be under the, the thought of, of thanksgiving uh, for the Thessalonians, but is there any any breaking points down here that we would want to divide out. And again, we have to be careful or we get, if we start bringing out every little point, we get our, our outline really strung out here and, and then it's really difficult to 
We just want something pretty general, something that's uh, that where we see significant changes or somewhat significant at this point because we're just talking about support, uh, supporting the uh, the subtopic there, the A. We're supporting the A. So I. Does any of you seeing anything that you like to see in, in, uh, as you look at your Bibles and these verses where you see any kind of a dividing line here or something we want to say about this? Okay, so up through verse 4 or, or to verse 4? Up, up, to through it. up through verse 4. Okay. Say it, say it again. I think up through verse 4, it's saying what they have. Uh, that, 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 uh, before, and then verse 5 and on, it's saying how we got. Okay. She says up through verse 4, it's saying uh, being thankful for what they had. And then starting at verse 5, it's more of, uh, of what they got. How they got it. So, so that's a, a very good point. So up through verse 4, what they got. And uh, in this, uh, so uh, what do we want to call that? Just a, uh, uh, a general thanksgiving or, or what do we want to call that? Dale? I'd call it uh, work of faith and labor of love. Yep. Work of faith and labor of love. Anybody have any opposition to that? All right, so we're going to be thankful. He's thanking them for their, for their work of faith and labor of love. Very good. So now as we shift into verse 5, uh, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. Uh, and you became followers of us and you were examples to them, believe in Macedonia and Achaia and, and so on. Uh, does all of this kind of resemble one thing of just uh, maybe uh, generally uh, specific uh, reasons and thoughts or do we want to break this down more? Or just say, these, these are specific things. Or do we want to make a couple more? Thank you, that was very good, coming up with that. That's the observation we want to see. When you start down through a list like this, you know, there's, there's a lot of things here. Uh, uh, your election of God. The gospel came not in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in assurance and manner of men. So if we start separating all them out, we're going to get the whole page filled up with an outline before we even get out of the first point. So we probably need to keep something kind of general and say, is all these verses talking about primarily the same thing? And if they are, what do we want to call them? If they are, we'll put from 5 to 10... And then, and then whatever description we want to put on there. Receiving the gospel, turning to God from idols. On, on all the verses. So we're thankful that they received the gospel and turned to God from idols. They did a work also. There's evidence of their, what they received. I, I, I'm not sure how to word it, though. That's exactly what I want to hear. I want to hear us talk about this a little bit. And if you read it and you say, well, that's not completely covering, that title isn't covering these verses, then speak up. This isn't going to be a real big formal deal. Joe? I'm hesitant because I, I, I want the students to mainly 
I appreciate it. I do. In your thought, would you be saying then the remembering would just be verse two or three, two and three, and then from there on it's it's observing and uh, or knowing and observing for the rest of them, or do you like to see knowing and observing separated? I was thinking of them separated. Well, Lowell, why don't you, uh, on that next point down, why don't you put verses 2 and 3, because uh, we, can, we can get rid of any of them we don't want, and put uh, uh, remembering, and then 4 through something knowing, just 4 alone, okay, just 4 alone then is knowing, want to stick a four in front of that one and then from five to ten is your suggestion Joe that all that be observing that's just a quick glance uh-huh five through ten observing observing uh you want anything uh, behind that, Joe? Uh, just observing. Uh, um, he observed how the, the word came unto them. He observed how they followed us and the Lord. He observed their example to those that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. He observed how their evangelism, how the word went out from there. That, that's just a quick one. Yeah. But we probably don't want to put all them as bullet points, do we? be too much. Even though those points aren't balanced in the amount of scripture. No, that's, that's fine. So uh, this is just good discussion. What do we think of that? As, now as you look at that portion of scripture, once you look at that with those three headings, uh, even though the first one, that's, that's why so many of them work. Even though the first one was very accurate, but when we look at the whole picture, does as you look at that outline, remembering. Hmm. Wonder what wonder what we remember here. David, I put I just combined them to it that way. I just put erase the one above remembering and just put it right there. Remembering their work of faith and labor of love. What do we think of that? That'd be yep, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the suggestion was to, to put uh, remembering their work of faith and labor of love uh, together, get rid of... Uh, or move remembering up or something and, and make that two and three and then start with knowing. We're going to have to, this is what we're doing, but we're going to have to keep moving. So we need to speak quick and... And observing seems like in verse, like this would go under 
Okay. That was a suggestion. Um, it uh, it was a good good to get us going. One thing about uh, in this kind of a deal, nobody nobody hits a home run. We're just we're just playing ball here, and everybody's getting a base hit. And uh, we're going to win if we just all hit, keep getting base hits. So um, so the suggestion here was, what do you say again, Lori? Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Five through eight. And then nine and ten, or no, five through seven, I'm sorry, five through seven, Lowell. And then eight through ten is the things that he heard. Or sounded out the word. What's that? He's trying to decide if that's hearsay. But he, it might be hearsay, but he's still responding to it. Okay. Are we comfortable with that? Good. If we keep this um, balanced here, if we go remembering their work of work and labor of love, knowing their election, and then what would we, what could we do to make observing um, something that would would fill that out? See, we have to be uh, we have to be careful as we do this because knowing their election, um, we, he also knows that the, that our gospel came unto you not in word only, but in but in power and in the Holy Ghost. See what I mean? So first thing you know, we're, we're going to need to put election under there, and that the gospel came in the power and in much assurance. You see what I mean? And that's the challenge that we have in, the, in remembering their work of labor of love, too. Uh, because they also, patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. See what happens there? When we get detailing it too much. So, uh, so if you had to move on, then you better show us what you would do so we can learn. Well, we're doing it together. I'm just talking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just concerned... I just don't want us to tighten the package too tight. Joseph? Just one more thought to throw out. Just a possibility in light of what Nicole just said. Remembering could be a main point and then work of faith and labor of love could be the two bullets under that like you have two other observings. And knowing could be another point and then their election could be one bullet point. That's just one of them. Yeah, that's what we're going to do if if we do that. Okay, you just talked about that. Uh, well, my concern is, then if we put work and labor of love under there, then are, are we missing something that needs to be there? See what I mean? Or if we put observing, I think I would rather just say remembering, knowing, and observing, and the things Paul observed and the things he heard. Uh, and then that gives us a general, we can always come back and put more in there if we want to in our personal study. But I don't want us to tighten it too tight. Let's back that up to just remembering, Lowell. Good discussion, though. We're learning things here. Okay, we ready to move on? We're not to Friday yet. Okay. Let's start reading right here with you, or that end down there with you. Um, on uh, the second, or B here, which is uh, reminders for the Thessalonians. Chapter two. two, one through 16, and just read five or six apiece. 
For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before, and were shamefully entreated, as we know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you are dear to us. Okay, we're going through 16. Go, two more, or there will be several more. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we will not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. And ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children that you would walk worthy of God, who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God always without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and speak not God, and are contrary, and please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always. For the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. Okay, I'm going to make a suggestion here because we've got 15 minutes yet. Am I right? Yeah. See what happens? This, this is fun. We could just spend the day at this. Uh, I'm going to make a suggestion that we notice here that the first 12 verses that were read have to do about how the gospel was delivered to them. Paul is talking about that. For yourselves, brethren, knowing our entrance unto you, that it was not in vain. And then he talks about that. And after he'd suffered and shamefully entreated and how they exhorted, verse 4, they were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. And uh, they didn't use flattering words, 5, nor sought we glory, 6. We were gentle, 7, being affectionately desirous, 8. All of this has to do with with their, how they presented the gospel to them. And uh, right on down... uh, how holily and ten, justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you. Eleven, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you that you would walk worthy uh, of, of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory, in, unto his kingdom and glory. And then verse 13 he says, and for this cause we thank God. See, see a little dividing line there? So my suggestion would be to keep us moving is how the gospel was prevented 1 through uh, uh, 12. And then making another point under there as we look on down through there and what was read. For this cause we thank God, thankful again, without ceasing, because when you received the word, which... You heard of us. You received it not as the word of men. And so now he's talking about how they received the word. See the change there? And that whole thought carries all the way down through the 16th verse. So 13 through 16 could be is how the gospel was received by them. 
that make sense? Would somebody like to see something different here? Because we're really going to have to keep moving. This is what we want to do, because now when you sit down to read with your outline, you come down through there, you hit chapter 2, and you say, oh, yeah, how the gospel was presented to them by the apostles, and you read through that, and you get down there to the 13th verse. Now we're switching to how it received, and, and it makes logical sense. Not all about how it was received or how it was given. We could put more things under that if we wanted to. Okay? Everybody okay with that? Okay, let's go on then, beginning in the, the next point, which is uh, C there, starting at 17, 217 through 313. Let's read. For a short time of presence, not in heart, endeavor to be more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore we would have come, have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, as Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and our joy. Wherefore, when we thought we could no longer forbear, we thought it to be good. He left Athens alone, and sent Timotheus, our brother, a minister of God, and a fellow bearer of the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. That no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed there too. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that you should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. But now, when Timotheus came from you unto us, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. We're going to go to the end of the chapter. For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love, one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Okay, we're going to do this again. As we've started in the 17th verse, Paul's, his concern for uh, the church at Thessalonica. He's beginning to share that. So, I have noted down here, it looked to me like, 17 through 20, Paul, in his concern for them, is, is revealing what, his, what he'd like for his plans to be. So I put down Paul's plans, 17 through 20. See, he says, uh, being taken from you in, in, for such a short time, uh, and in presence, not in heart, endeavoring more abundantly to see your face with great desire, we would have come to you. So his plans, his the plan was to come. So 17 through 20, I wondered if that just couldn't be Paul's plans to, to come and see them. And then starting with 3.1, his plans didn't work out. And we find 3.1 through 5 is his description of sending Timothy. So you notice in 3.1, uh, wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we couldn't make it work out. We thought it not good to be left at, uh, 
No, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother, minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you. So he said, we were down here in Athens and we decided we could stay here alone and we would send T Timothy back. He said, I couldn't go, but I'm going to send Timothy back. So we find starting in chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, tell us about Timothy's visit back to them. So I would suggest that we put 3, 1 through 5 of Timothy's uh, visit to uh, Thessalonica. And then after the fifth verse, in the sixth, it says, But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and the rest all the way down to the tenth verse, through the tenth verse, is talking about the report that Timothy brought back. And then as we go a little farther, we're still under the heading of Paul's, his concerns for Thessalonica. Look what he says in the 11th verse. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one to another and toward all men, even as we do toward you, to the end that you may be established. Look at his concern there as he kind of comes to, the, to the, the summary of that concern. So we could say 11 through uh, 13 just being Paul's uh, uh, some descriptive concern. Uh, uh, we got a word we can put in there. To, to, I mean, that's a pretty good concern, you know, that that uh, you may increase and bound in love and, and establish your hearts unblameable and unholiness. Uh, what's an adjective we could throw in there for that kind of concern? Compassionate. What's that? Compassionate. Compassionate. That's good. Anybody got something else you'd like better? Okay. Pastoral. Pastoral. Yeah. So what do you want? Get the how about uh, Paul's uh, compassionate pastoral concern? <laughs> okay, you see what we're doing here? Now this makes sense. This makes this chapter come alive because we're dividing it up a little bit. And it's not just a bunch of words because now we can see Timothy going, we can see Timothy coming, we can see Paul kind of summarizing after he got the report. And, and so it, it makes sense to us concerning what we're doing here. Okay. As we go to 4.1 here into personal or practical instructions and exhortations. Here's where it really gets practical. As we look at the fourth chapter and almost all of the fifth chapter in this. Uh, I think what I'm going to do, because I really want us to talk tomorrow about application. I want us to look at these and, and take this outline and start saying, okay, what's this saying to me? We're not just wanting to know all about all that was there, but it has to apply to us. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you the rest of the outline that I put together here as I looked at this, and, uh, and you can jot it down, or I will... Put it or get this done and we'll get it out to you today so you can have it to look at in preparation for tomorrow. So what I'm putting here as we come to the fourth chapter, the practical instruction and exhortations, uh, we got 1 through 12 is uh, exhortation on Christian living. Uh, verses 1 and 2 uh, is uh, general conduct. Well, if you, if you can. Yeah, if, you know, I, I thought you, you type about 80 words a minute or so. <coughs> One and two is general conduct. And it's all kind of general contact, but we do see a pretty big change in verse three. Notice verse 3 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, 
Every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor and so on. So 3 through 8 talks to us specifically about moral purity. And, and this, is a, this is a point we need to be sure we see. Not just as some general thing, but this is uh, moral purity, 3 through 8. Uh, we get to verse 9. Notice at verse 9, fourth chapter. But as touching brotherly love, ye have no need that I write unto you. So we see a switch. We go away from moral purity and we go into brotherly love now as he's talking. 9 through 12, brotherly love. Leaven could maybe be something a little bit different. Uh, um, study to be quiet, do your own business. Um, so it could be 9 and 10 and then 11 and so on. 11 and 12, we could... Uh, we could say something else. Uh, anybody have a thought on that? Would you like to see that? Nine is touching brotherly love. Go ahead. Something about not being not being gossiping or something. Uh huh. And having a heart for honest honesty and heart for uh, I don't know hospitality or. Okay, let's look at verse eleven and twelve. Be looking at, looking at verse 11, 12. We're going to say 9 and 10, brotherly love. And then let's, let's add another uh, 11 and 12. And uh, let's decide what we want that to say here quick. Say it. What's that? Godly living? Another word for not gossiping. Relationship with unbelievers on, on the 11 and 12? Okay. Everybody okay with that? Okay, good. Are we in the last five minutes? Not yet, okay. Somebody have something? Study, work, watch. They'd be good ones under there. That study to be quiet, uh, I think of that more so, though, as, as an inner quietness, uh, peace with God, than it is to never say anything to other people. Um, but that's good. That... Uh, and if I, I may have a little uh, right to add a word or something, if that's okay with you as I put this finally together. Um, I'll, I'll assume I do. Okay, so now we're down to uh, uh, verse 13. And verse 13 is um, under this practical instruction. We've had Christian living. Now we're down to 13, it talks about Christ's return, uh, 13 through 18. And uh, the first couple verses there, 13 and 14, talk about those that sleep. See, talks about the sleepers in Christ's return. What's going to happen to the sleepers? So I would put those that sleep in 13 and 14, and, and uh, well, I'm saying sleepers, I'm talking about those that are in the grave. <laughs> those that uh, the, the metaphor that's used is sleep we don't believe they're actually sleeping but it's the metaphor of, of sleeping uh, and then uh, 15 through 18 talks about we that alive and remain so this is about those of us that are alive and remain we that are alive okay is that okay Okay, we get down to verse chapter 5. Be watchful uh, is another uh, personal watchfulness we have here. 1 through 11. 
uh, I put down 5, 1 through 3 as the day of the Lord. It talks here about the day of the Lord, about the times and seasons and, and the day of the Lord. This all has to do with part of the future and the coming of Christ and, and how he comes. And so it kind of outlines the day of the Lord there in 1 through 3. And then starting at 4 through 11 in those verses, it's talking about being prepared. But ye, he says in verse 4, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. And he talks about that. Okay? So that's what I put there is just be prepared. In uh, being prepared, good. Just raise that up a little higher if you can, Lowell, so that they can... Uh, back see a little bit better okay now we get to 12 and we got church life uh we're starting to see i beseech you brethren that beseeching we're going to want to look and see what that beseech means tomorrow as we start making application we beseech you brethren to know them that labor so i got 12 and 13 about attitude toward leaders And then at uh, 14 and 15, I put down instructions to leaders. The attitude toward leaders and instructions to leaders. Now he says, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly and comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, Paul said. And really what he's saying is, you remember how we did when we were there. I went... And maybe you don't look at these verses being to the leaders. I don't know. But he definitely makes a, a transition here. Is it okay to leave that to the leaders or is that to general? Leaders okay? Okay. We get down to verse 10. Just simply uh, E. We get down there to uh, what we got going here. That's 12 through 15. That's 16, I mean. Yeah. Get down to 16. It's holy living uh, underneath E, Lowell. 16 through 24. We're going to have uh, holy living. And then 16 through 22 is just general instruction. You know, quench not the spirit, devise, devise, despise not prophesying, prove all things. And then... Uh, General instruction, 16 through 22. And then uh, I put in 23 and 24, divine enablement. Look at this. In all the instruction he gives, then he says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Faithful is he that calls you who will also endure it. Divine enablement. 23 and 24. And then as we go to the end, the conclusion, we come to another big point there. 25 through 28, we have 27 and 28, just personal appeals. Brethren, he says, pray for us. He said, greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. Just, he just personally appeals there. I don't know if anything needs to go under that. Twenty-five through twenty-eight. Am I leaving something out? Oh, it should be twenty-six through twenty-eight or twenty-five through twenty-seven. Twenty-five through twenty-seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. Personal appeals, and then 28, benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. I'm sorry, I kind of had to run through that like that, but uh, I think in the onset we kind of started to learn how to do it. And it's really a lot of fun. Get going. You know, 
you get together at a, uh, you all go home and, and uh, the ministers want to have an evening where you all get together and they, they want to make something practical. You say, hey, let's go through a book. Let's take Second Thessalonians and, and you're going to have the tools. And uh, it's going to be enjoyable because it's, it's a great thing to learn by. We, we grow and what's going to be even more blessed, I believe, when we get out of the mechanics of this thing is tomorrow we're going to start taking this outline and saying, what is this saying to me? How does this apply to me in the context of this whole big picture? Any questions? Lori. How do you keep from getting too detailed? Good question. Uh, the way you get from, keep from getting too detailed is you, you do it and you get too detailed and you, you try to start explaining it to somebody and you get walking all over yourself and, and you say, I've just got too much stuff here. <laughs> and uh, when you're asking preachers how to not get too, te too detailed, you're, you're probably asking the wrong people. <laughs> they say a preacher is someone who can say in a lot of words what most people can say in a few. So anyway, this has been enjoyable. Thank you. Uh, a blessing to do this together, and I hope you find it enjoyable. We'll try to get this uh, uh, put together finally and, and get it out to you sometime here today, and so tomorrow we'll, we'll have something to go on. So that's all I got.